Maybe I'm just a positive kind of guy, but if I see like a failure as in an injury or something you've messed up or done wrong, then you're just gonna learn. Unless you do it again, then you're an idiot. But if not, it's a learning curve. It's, mm. I think failures are, failures are needed. If you don't fail, you don't learn. Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining me for The Big Run. I hope you enjoyed last week's journal entry. A big thank you again to all of the contributors who make these monthly specials possible by giving over their time, talent and energy. I'm extraordinarily grateful. Work is underway for a special run of TBR specials to mark a glorious return of a legendary event to its spiritual home. But more information on that in the coming days and weeks. But before we get started, some housekeeping. The past month, The Big Run has been supported by the legends at Saw Running, and we have brought you the Performance of the Month competition. We've had lots of submissions, but there can only be one worthy winner of the nominator and nominee who are the winners of the Marathon Elite System, courtesy of Saw Running. So I'd like to read you this story that was sent in that we felt was the worthiest winner. My inspiration and performance has been my friend, training partner, and fellow dad of two, Scott Yule. Scott recently smashed his PB in the 10K and half marathon, running 33-39 and 72-44. Both impressive performances, but after both of us having children last autumn, it's Scott's commitment and continued love of the sport, his drive and passion which has inspired me. We both run for Victoria Park Harriers in East London and are part of a training group led by coach Steve Hobbs. When I feel exhausted after another sleepless night, I only need to look at Scott's Strava or drop him a message to motivate me to get out and run. Seeing him get out early morning, 5am for the long run on Sundays, at night, on lunch breaks to fit around his family has been so inspiring to me as we push each other on with our goals for the year to come. Scott continues to impress me, coming on leaps and bounds and making the training and racing fit around his family first, yet still making it work with the performances to show. I can only imagine what he will do when that new baby sleeps. What a lovely message, Sam. Thank you so much for sending it in and congratulations to you, Sam Duggan and Scott Yule. You are both worthy winners of a brand new marathon system courtesy of Saw Running. To claim your spoils, email alex.i at sawrunning.com, the customer engagement officer and all-round legend at Saw, and he will arrange delivery of the goods. Thank you so much for being a part of that performance of the month. That's a lovely, lovely sentiment to carry us in to today's episode. Today's guest joined me for six miles around Hackney Wick. He started running in lockdown one and after falling deep in love with the sport, he organised and took on his first challenge, running 190 miles along the Wainwrights coast to coast, raising over £10,000 for charity. A barber, an Adidas London coach, a drummer, a surfer and a crypto-loving positive force for good. We cooled down post-run over a hot coffee in a gloriously sunny Victoria Park to hear all about his story, his journey into running, how knee braces are maybe not the one, plus his top crypto tip. 
I'm only joking. This is not financial advice. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted to welcome Jonty Brown. Jonty, tell me about this haircut that you're getting. You'll know that <laughs> is hair, hair dye that you're getting. Yeah. What colour are we going to? Well, I've had long hair for years and recently cut it off. And because I'm a barber and I work in, in hair, you can't just have a normal haircut, I think. You've got to spice it up a little bit. Because <laughs> so you've got one, quite like, it's like a sort of, that's like a what, like a three or a four kind of this buzz a, cut? This, this puppy's a two all over. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> but, um, and, you know, African sunset. It's auburn, ginger. And I'm going to have it dyed white tomorrow. Uh, white, and then we're painting blue flowers on it. Okay, so... Spring. So you're getting a spring haircut, literally. Spring haircut, so baby. So when you say white, is that like white, white, or like bleach blonde? It'd be like white, like, yeah. I love that. Is there like a, a slight expectation working in like a hairdresser's barber's thing that you have to, you have to kind of spice it up with your hair? Mm, Do your people who you no. work with have got quite like? No, they've they've got just lovely long locks. Um, just, yes, maybe that's just me. <laughs> Don't want to look like your norm. Well. Just for the listeners, don't worry, you haven't tuned into a barber podcast. <laughs> this is a running podcast. You are listening to the big run. So me and John T have just had a lovely, just shy of 10k run around the, the Hackney Marshes. Now we're just walking for, for coffee. So John T, like we were talking on the run, like your running journey, it's like, it's relatively new, right? You've only been running sort of uh, for two years. Sort of how did it... When did it start? Because you weren't that into running to begin with, right? No, I, 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 got, I was quite into CrossFit when I was living in Canada. Mm. And when I came back and then lockdown happened, I was living at my sister's house, uh, looking after my three-year-old nephew whilst they were working. And I just needed something to do. So I went up, remember that five, you like nominate five, donate five pounds and um, run 5K? Oh, what was that like a like a thing on yeah, social media? Yeah, like, like a social be... media thing. Oh, okay. And so someone finally nominated me, and I was like, oh, I'll give it a crack. And then me, me being me, decided I'd do one every day for seven days. Right. And not from a complete non-runner, I injured myself <laughs> by overdoing it. But yeah, I, I only really got into running two years ago. So what? How did it snowball then? Like from is is that? Just saying, then you sort of did one every day. Like, yeah. do you think that's part of your character that when you get into something, you'll, you'll kind of really get into it? Yeah, it's. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but if I do anything, I have to. It's my life. I have to go for it. Right. And yeah, after about two weeks, I was like, I've always wanted to do a big challenge. And I think for me, I, I saw marathons and I was like, that could be something really interesting. But I know quite a lot of people that have done that. And I've always wanted to be, to do something out of the, you know, something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So I, I called my friend and, well, it was my uncle. He, he'd done, he walked the Wainwrights coast to coast, right. which is 192 miles uh, from the northwest to the northeast of England. And so I decided to, I'd want to run it. Every, and I called my friend Sam Jones, who's, um, no meat disco, a vegan food influencer, but he's a content creator and filmmaker. And he got gathered a few people and yeah, we 
went and did it in August. Okay, well, wait, wait, wait. so hang, how far into your running journey? <laughs> so you'd, you'd done this sort of five every, do five, yeah. nominate kind of challenge. Yeah. So when did the idea for this 192 mile, like it feels, did it happen quite quickly then? Yeah, it, within like <laughs> two, two weeks I decided to do it. <laughs> so and two then, weeks from starting running? Yeah, because it, there's nothing to do in lockdown. So I built, you know, I rebuilt my sister's garden and then did like na neighbours um, decking and stuff like that. And I was, needed to do more. So I got into the running side of it because mm. I couldn't do the crossfix. I didn't have the weights or anything. And yeah, just got hooked on running and then started watching running documentaries. Okay, what were your kind of what were your gateway drugs in the running documentaries? Oh, so many. I, I abused YouTube. <laughs> just, if you look on my re, on my search history, it's just running documentaries, yoga for runners. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. And I just got into it, and I just wanted to make one. So, so talk us through that yeah. challenge then. Like, how how did you do it? Like, how what was did you how did you break it down? Like, what were the distances you were doing per day, and like, how did the challenge unfold? Um, I did, did my research um, and trying to build it up as slowly as possible, but kept on pushing it a little bit too much because that's me and getting a few niggles here and there. But then over time, it kind of worked into a nice rhythm. Um, and then I met Mark Kerry, um, who helped me massively in my training. Like, so I, I would have not been able to do it without him, I don't think. And what was his guidance? How did he help you? Tips, tricks, training, um, consistency. Did you have to grow a moustache? I did. You did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were joking and I'm being serious. <laughs> no, I love the fact he's like, don't see what you need to do <laughs> is get a top lip cover. Yeah. So you did it. It just gives you one. power. <laughs> yeah. No, no way. mine was horrible. Yeah. But what was, apart from growing a, a moustache, what was his, what um, was his sort of uh, tips that he gave you? Mostly with like nutrition, hydration, um, the, the training, the consistency of the training, and always remembering to rest. Mm. And he also gave tips on like, you know, if you're out on a run, you don't get Strava ego. You try and pass that. Mm. And if you want to go for a run and stop and take a photo, it's totally fine. It's like, it's not going to change the way that you run. Mm. And, and, and that entail made me enjoy it more. So then I just, all I wanted to do was run. Do you think that, do you think there was a little hangover from CrossFit in terms of like, um, the sort of CrossFit thing of like, oh, push hard, train hard, like the kind of insane workouts that they do when you shifted over to running, right? With that thing you were talking about then with Strava, like, it's fine if you stop and take a photo, it's fine if you slow yeah, down. Like, yeah, yeah. Was there a bit of a competitive streak to you when you first started or? Oh, yeah, that? yeah, because right. you'd see, because I, I don't know if it's, it's, that makes me sound like a bit of a, a knob, but I don't want to, I didn't want to just do like a marathon and then watch my friends do it. I was like looking at the elites, which is probably a negative, but I was watching like Mark run and going, Oh, I can't I do that. Mm. I want to do that. Mm. Or watching the pros come in and you're like, I want to be like that. Like Damien Hall, just insane runner. Mm. But, you know, it's probably a nice boost to motivation. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think there's something healthy in that of like, I think 
Yeah, as long, as long as you're not kind of going out day one and being like, well, I'm going to do a sub two hour marathon. Yeah. Like, I think it's yeah, having like a sense of realism, but also having aspirations as well, because that's got to be a, a huge component for, I think, a lot of people is like wanting to improve on yeah. yourself, right? Yeah. Well, I think the, f the first reasons why I actually wanted to do it was, was to do something for charity and also do a challenge. So it wasn't necessarily the how good I could be to get as a runner. Mm. It was to see how much money I can raise for. So what was the charity? So it was Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Well, and that's quite close to you, right? Massively, yeah, because I'm, I'm type 1 diabetic, diagnosed when I was 12. And hearing, because I, I, I tell people that I'm doing it for charity. And, you know, I get a message from someone on Instagram being like, oh, uh, it's amazing what you're doing, like raising the money for the charities, but my daughter's or my son has just been diagnosed with, with diabetes. And I'd be like, you know, oh, that's really sucks to hear, but like, if you need the help, like, I'm always here to like, chat. Mm. And they're like, yeah, there are only two. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, luckily, I was 12, so I had a slight understanding on, on life and what was necessary. And, but for someone, I, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. I didn't realise you could be diagnosed that, that, that young. So yeah, you can maybe, get it straight away. Maybe then, maybe it's worth covering a bit of ground then in terms of like maybe a bit of diabetes kind of one-on-one -on -one, because there's different types, right? Yeah. So what, what is the particular version that you sort of have to deal with? So type there's one? type one and type two. Mm -hmm. Type two is usually to do with health, like weight or dietary or... Oh, okay, so like poor lifestyle. Yeah, poor lifestyle. Right. Um, and type one is, it means like you're, you don't have a functioning pancreas. Okay. So my pancreas doesn't give um, insulin, which is needed to convert anything that is put into your body, like sugars, carbohydrates, to turn into energy, which once again affects yeah. <laughs> running massively. Yes. I, I think I'm the first type one diabetic to ever have run across the UK. And I think that's the, we're still researching it, but so far I am. And that's what we're going to be going into when I release this documentary that I made when I ran across the UK. So that fundamental thing that you're describing then, and, you know, like incredibly so with, with ultras, like, how, how do you manage it? Like, what are you, are there specific things that you look to take, are there specific things you look to avoid? Like, is it a lot of kind of trial and error? Or was Massive, it when you were starting no, out? It, it is trial and error. Um, one thing that doctors, well, especially my diabetic nurse, Janet Carling, she's an absolute hero. She, she never would say, oh, you know, textbook, this is type 1 diabetes, you have to do this, you have to do this. Because mm -hmm. every single person's different. And every single person's diabetes is different. And there's so many variables. Like, if you're slightly under weather, for me, my insulin, my blood sugar levels will go up. Like when I run, my insulin levels actually go up mm. after a run. So in which technically it should go down if you're... That's interesting. If you've done energy, if you've done a, like a workout, yeah. you should think that you need sugar, but for me, you don't. And it's to do with different types of training methods. So there's so many, you know, a lot happens when you, you when you run, especially if you're doing ultras, because mm. you've got your hydration, you've got your fueling. You need to make sure that you've got that, keep that energy levels up, and you don't drop. But then I've also got to consider 
my own insulin levels, my blood sugar levels, and then what it's doing there. So it's a kind of like a double, it's a double barrel for me. Yeah. So yeah, it is purely trial and error. And if you, I suppose as well, like you got to be, like when you're doing like your long training runs, you always have to have someone with you. Uh, Just in not, case, like. Yeah, not necessarily, but I, I purely, I, I like to because. It's I get, fun. Yeah. I've got an attention span of a goldfish, so <laughs> it's, it's tricky. Um, but yeah, I, I've always got, if I, especially in the long run, I've, I've got to make sure that I have everything, you know, like today when we went for a run, I've got my some glucose tablets just in case I go low. Mm. But then you fall over and I break them all on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I wasn't going to bring this up in the podcast, but, yeah. but, but, but you just have. I mean, to be fair, like, we like to have firsts on the big run, and this was your first ever, ever fall on a run, ever. Yeah, so I've had one, but Mark Kerry once again caught me. Um, <laughs> fell into his arms. He fell, fell into his arms. He's totally oh. fallen into the canal, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, and then yeah, that was my first one. Oh. Well, listeners... We've got scars now. Finn, what memories. He's, he's slightly... He's got a, f a few grazes. He's all right. There's, <laughs> there's no, like, dripping blood in Victoria Park yeah. as, we, as we walk to get a coffee. So when is this documentary coming out, then? Um, so I find it really hard to get an editor because I'm not... I was looking to do it for, for someone that would be keen to do it for free. Mm. Uh, I know it's a massive ask, but it's all for charity and... Um, trying to still raise money and awareness for charity. Mm. And yeah, so I, I finally found a guy who, a guy I went to school with called uh, Ben Coles and he very, very kindly um, offered his time. And he's, he's, he just did, oh, do you know that, that old ex-rugby player that ran seven marathons in seven days? Oh, to raise money for his friend. His mate. Yes, yeah. yeah, and he was on like BBC News and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he did that documentary. Oh, cool. So he messaged me and was like, mate, like, I know I haven't seen you in a while, but I've just done this and I'm keen to help out. So I sent him off a, a hard drive about three oh, weeks ago and it's up in Manchester, so. As we speak, being cut as, together. Yeah, yeah, so I need to go up there and finish the narration and the interview style questions, but. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. nice. Oh, yeah. B-roll, uh, the classic B-roll. Is that yeah. sort of like shot moody shots of you? Like? Yeah, yeah, just looking hell sassy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so hopefully soon then. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully yeah. Hopefully soon. Ho ho ideally, I'd like to get it in August as a little birthday present to myself, but also that was exactly a year ago when it, when when it happened. When you did it. And have you got any more challenges, like, planning on in terms do, of getting bigger yeah. and better and stuff? I've got a few. I, I had... I had some a big plan for this year, but it's been postponed. Of um, I'm actually gonna I'm trying to work on my shorter distances. Oh, okay. So working on my half marathons, my uh, full marathons. I've got London Landmarks half, and then Hackney half, okay. and then London Marathon. But yeah. Oh, did you London Marathon as well? Yeah, through JDRF, they nice. kindly gave me a spot. Yeah, I've got a few. I, I want to do, um, on my birthday, I want to do a marathon in the morning and then get on a train to Paris and then see how many marathons in different cities in Europe I can do in seven days just by using the train. Amazing. But, yeah. So what marathons <laughs> do you think you can do in that, those seven days then? I don't know. I've, Have you looked? Like... There aren't any actually on official ones. But... Okay, but you'll just run the distance? Yeah. 
I want to do one in Paris and Copenhagen purely because I want to go for, for food afterwards. <laughs> try out the cities, try out the foods. Amazing. Yeah. All right, coffee break. What do you want? Oh, can we get an Americana, please? Yeah. And you just, what, black Americana? Yes, please. Yeah. It'd be lovely. Cheers, mate. Cheers, thank, thank you. you. Right, let's go and sit some sunshine. Yeah. Oh, bread looks good. So just before we just before we started recording, you sort of lusted after a, a dog. Is that is that something that you wanna? Oh, mate, they're just the best. Like <laughs> they don't mean to, but they just you know they just make your day. They do for me anyway. They just yeah. give you that love and a, they're just fun. I've I'd heard really talk of a bark run thing getting set up, which is like bark? a bark run, because you know they do canny cross? Yeah. So it's like a park run, but for people specifically to bring their dogs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, nice. Would you be down for that? Ab yeah, absolutely. Okay. I might just go even without a dog and just pretend I've got one. <laughs> just to hang out with them. Yeah, but a dog to like run with would be life goal, I think. You reckon? Yeah. Go for a nice run with a dog. I do like, I've seen some of the videos of the canny cross stuff and it looks slightly terrifying. It's almost akin to what we were talking about earlier about Mark Kerry running downhill. Like slightly, <laughs> there's a slight dangerous element to it. Yeah. Like, do you sit here? yeah, lovely. There's a slight element, oh. We're <laughs> about, about to get bounced. Well, that was it then. So, what a day. So your running journey is relatively new. Like two weeks in, you did this epic ultra challenge, and now you've just signed to be a coach with with Adidas. Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of happening so so rapidly. Like, but that's it also is. so exciting. So, how did that come about, and what's what's your role there, and like, how does it all work? Yeah. So they, because I'm a barber, I, I cut, I've got a lot of connections, which is really nice. And I was cutting this guy's hair, Henry, and. Uh, he just started a new production role with um, a creative agency called Midnight, the Midnight Club, and they solely work with Adidas runners. So they, they run the whole London Adidas runners community. And they were looking for a new coach, and Henry put me forward. And yeah, I went for an interview, and it seemed to go well. What are the kind of questions they ask you in those kind of interviews? It wasn't really even that. It was more just like getting to know me or know my history or what I want out of running. And to be honest, I don't know what I want out of running. I just want, I'm enjoying it. I'm having a really good time. And when opportunities come, I'm, I say, yeah. So yeah, my, my role is an Adidas running coach. Um, there's five sessions a week in the, with the community in London. Um, all types of, not necessarily just purely running, there's actually like yoga and holistic health and um, there's quite a lot of classes that you can do and my roles at the moment are the signatures which is a track session on a Monday in Battersea okay. um, yeah you, it's, and then and then a Saturday for long runs as well yeah it's just so it's really fun it's a really good community all different types of people and there's no pressure there's no you have to be a good runner you know it's just anybody get into running and then there's a van that comes as well that so you can that brings along the, the latest shoes so you can actually test them out and try them 
you don't which is really nice. It's you know, and they're very honest with that. That you don't, they don't make you wear Adidas if you go to the Adidas Runners Club. That's good that you get to the try community. them out and actually get them a bit dirty and yeah, maybe yeah. see that, okay, maybe this one doesn't quite work for me. Yeah, because no one, everyone's feet are different, right? Mm. So you, don't, you never really know what works for you. And yeah, you, you normally need a few sessions to make sure that, to see if it does work, but yeah, it's good like that. Try out all the new fancy carbon ones. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What does that, that's words bounded around a lot, I think, in running community, like, what does it, as someone who's sort of still finding their kind of path what, what does that mean to you when you think about running that word community oh it's one of them the best parts about it i think well for, for me it's the community is really really good like you can turn up to a, a run club um and you might not be feeling the best but i can guarantee afterwards you feel better there's like there's i've never you, you hear that at the moment don't you it's like you never regret going for a run, but you regret not going for a run, which is very true. But yeah, I also love running on my own, mostly just for, it's the only time that you can sit and, because you never would just sit in a room on your own, staring at a wall and go, right, let's, let's talk, <laughs> you know? You don't talk to yourself, you don't, Mm. We're, we're, there's, there's so much mess and there's so much pressure and so much going on in the world. It's nice to actually have that time for clarity. Yeah. That's what I love about running. It's so true, that thing about that sort of, that internal dialogue, I think, that people have. And we talk about this idea a lot, as you use the royal way of, like, mindfulness and being, like, having that dialogue with you, with your own with your own sort of inner, inner monologue. And everyone says, like, oh, I'm, I, I'm not so much mindful or maybe I need to work on being more kind of present with my thoughts and stuff but I think everyone is but they might not be like uh doing it in a positive way yeah because yeah. everyone always everyone has that internal monologue of like yeah. oh I'm tired or oh god I look a bit oh, or whatever yeah I suppose it's about changing that. I, th I think running is like an amazing enabler to like tune into what that voice is yeah 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 and I think for me it's because I, I put way too much I do way too much. Like, I, I can't not do things. So I'm like, oh, I need to do this, need to do that. But then it gets overwhelming. But going, then I go for a run, and it's not overwhelming anymore. And now it's just, cool, I've got to do that, and then I've got to do that. Sort of grounds you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I think it's amazing. Because you have got a lot, going. so you've got Adidas runners, you've got all the, the charity work you do yeah. as well. But you also go, you're also kind of building your own running community as well, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. The the work for me is, I really I'm lucky. I really like my job. I work yet to work with my best mates, and and that's good because it's flexible. So on so this I is just, being working as a, in the barber as a right? barber, yeah. So it means I can Ben's so good. He lets me move my hours around if I want to run and stuff. And so what I did was. In, in winter, I had a friend message me and asking me to go on a run because she can only run in the mornings at 7am and in 7am in London midwinter it's dark and obviously everything that's been going on recently in London, being hitting the tabloids, it's, it was freaking people out a little bit, and mm. which is great that it's coming to people's attentions and people's consciousness. but. 
So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll run with you, but I'll bring a few friends. So me, Ollie, um, Ollie and Molly, we, we decided to make a bit of a community and then, yeah, started Chasing Change Run Club, which is every Thursday morning, 7 a.m. It's, it's, like, it's very, very chill. You can either meet at Flying Horse Coffee or you can meet at the track at 10 past because... Track in Victoria Park. Victoria Park, because a lot of people actually <coughs> live around here, so they just meet us there. And, yeah, then after about two or three weeks that randomly turned up when this was, I think it might have been a holiday or when people weren't going into the office as much, but 25 people turned up. And it was just so... Did you know all of those 25 people? <laughs> I cut most of the hair. <laughs> <laughs> I, cut, I either cut their hair or the partner's hair. And, uh, yeah, it was just so overwhelming. It was like, this is literally the best feeling. Like, everyone's just so happy. And you can... People come and don't even do the session. They'll just jog around the track. But it's just having that... Like one friend comes because he just needs someone to go this time, this place, this day, and he'll go. Mm. At least he's then done it, you know? Then he's done a, a nice run in a week. And, but then people that do want to push themselves, they can. Like, Molly is an in, such an incredible runner, and she's like the leader of the pack. And she flies, and then it's funny seeing all the dudes trying to, trying to catch up or beat her, mm -hmm. and no one ever can. <laughs> yeah, so it's nice. And then, yeah, then just head back for a coffee and start your day. Dreamy. Yeah. Sounds dreamy. Especially like today, you know, it's blue sky, sun's out, well, spring's here. Well, this is the time to start, I suppose. If, if you're kind of people listening, maybe, who've maybe sort of stepped back from running and debating, sort of getting back into it, like this is the perfect time of year to sort of sow the seeds of getting that sort of Making the love, making the relationship strong. Yeah, you know, especially this week, Danny. It's 17, 17 degrees every day. Degrees. That's what I'm talking about. Got saying? my spring hair. That'll be coming. Spring hair. Working <laughs> in barbers, but you, you didn't. You haven't always worked in barbers. No. You've kind of had. You've had a multitude of different. Professions. All sorts. Yeah. So I was. I came out of school and I was, and I was in a band. Um, so and then I was a session musician for a bit. Um, then I went to Australia and worked in bars and also in music and then oh, then what did I do then I set up and came back to the UK worked in bars again to save up to travel to do more but then I set up a motorbike business where I rebuilt custom 1970s custom motorbikes. You didn't tell me that on the road. Yeah, so yeah. Just, just for a few full context, I kind of primed <laughs> this interview. We did like six miles together. I kind of drew some facts out of Jonty, but you definitely didn't. Keeping you on your toes, darling. I know. <laughs> so what kind of custom, what, what kind of classic motorbikes you fixed? So I, I bought, I bought, um, I was watched a, a film called The World's Fastest Indian, which is Anthony Hopkins. Best film in the world, in my opinion. And he built this motorbike. And so what I did, I was, I was a bit hungover, I was working late night, so I just called this motorcycle um, learning school and signed up straight away. And then I bought a motorbike for, I think, 500 quid off one of my friends, a 1970s Honda, I hadn't run in 20 years, and I just completely stripped it apart and started from square one. And then from that, I started getting an Instagram following through my Northern Customs and started doing it, and I did about five, six bikes and then I sold them all to go traveling 
But then I was also a bicycle mechanic for Specialised at, at the time. So it was like I was doing semi-mechanic-y stuff. Okay, so you had that kind of skill set. All self-taught, yeah. So I'm, get, I'm starting to see a bit of a thread here <laughs> with you where you kind of, you get something and then you go all in on it. Yeah. Like hard, like two weeks of running, I'm going to do a 192 mile kind of epic <laughs> adventure. Like, yeah. I've just seen this film about motorbikes. I'm going to start like building custom motorbikes. Yeah, it sounds daft, doesn't it? No, I think it's great. Like, <laughs> but I'm also intrigued, like, what that could mean for you in terms of running. Like, are there, like, other challenges that you'd like to take on? Like, I know we're recording this. The Speed Project's just about to kick off the LA to Vegas race. Like, yeah. Are there, are there ultra races out there that you'd love to, like to take on? Like other ch or challenges you'd want to kind of create and invent yourself? You strike me as someone who'd I'd like to invent run, something. I'd love to run across Australia, mm. but that would, I'd, that would be brutal. So how many miles is that? Too I'm, many. I remember flying Way to Australia many. and they, they, they come on on the tannoy and it's like, oh, we've, we've just got the western edge of Australia. And yeah. you're like, so I was flying to Melbourne. It's like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, right, yeah. start getting your bags out. Time to get ready. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. You've got a good couple Four of hours. hours yeah. yeah, yeah. How many, that's got to be I haven't one. even looked at it really, but I just know that the, you know, the Nullab across the Nullarbor would be, I'd, I'd have to drag, I know I'd have to drag a, a trolley. Mm -hmm. That's all I know. Because the trolley would have to have food and water. And I'd probably have to do it in, Autumn or winter? Maybe. Food for thought. Food for thought. Yeah. We've recorded, it's been committed now to yeah. audio. God, that's, that's it. It. as soon as I say something, I've got to do it. Wow. But no, it is, it's interesting. So I was also a surf instructor. I'd like to get back into that. Um, I, I, ideally, I would, <laughs> ideally, I want crypto to do really well and then I can buy a place in Spain and make like a trail running retreat. That's funded the... by crypto. What's in your portfolio? What are you rolling with at the moment? Well, I've got a little... You haven't smashed it all on Doge, have you? No, 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 no. <laughs> I've got a little secret up my sleeve. Okay. It's called PulseX. It's a PulseX chain. It's not out yet. Just like to clarify, this is not financial or investment <laughs> advice. Uh, the Big Run does not uh, offer financial or investment advice. This is purely conversational. Do not make any buy trades. Yeah, don't listen to me. I'm terrible. Like I don't have a clue what I'm oh, doing. I'm so glad we've managed to segue crypto into the big room. <laughs> I love it. But you hear these stories of these people, you know, doing so, so well off so little. Mm. It would be nice to just be one of those. I don't need lots. I don't. I don't want lots of money. I, I just like to have a a place where I can set up an Airbnb and run every day and surf in in the afternoons. Because this 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 is just listening to you talk about all these different ideas you had. I did have a slight worry of like. Is something going to come along and take you away from running, or are you is are you in deep now? Yeah, running? I think I'm in, I've got too many shoes. <laughs> I've got too many shoes. I can't throw them away. I'm not I'm not one to throw anyway. So, no, I'm in for, I'm in for the long haul. I think until this body breaks. Okay. Yeah, lots of challenges ahead. So, what's this crypto? What's your crypto tip? <laughs> Again, not financial investment advice. It's called Pulse X. Okay. I actually got it um, before it was released. Okay. Like uh, one of those ones where you sacrifice your coin. Right. I don't know. My housemate goes, you should try this. So I do. He's done quite well off it. So. Okay. Why are you into crypto? You're yeah, a crypto yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Although I don't, I don't have the time, dedication, or the patience to actively like 
buy, sell, you know, like pump, oh, yeah. pump day and trading. dump, yeah, day trading, yeah. like, you know, ride the highs, like sell the lows, all that. I'm, I'm a hodler. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just a, I'm just a good old hodler and I just, yeah, I'm, I'm just not doing anything too yeah. complicated. Just leave I'm, it in Ethereum and see what happens, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully one day go, maybe delete the app. That might be a thing. So then you don't look at it. Oh, like, what actually, I see what you mean. Off my phone. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then just 2025, just reopen it and cry miserably because it's all Maybe gone. there's like a running cryptocurrency that you could set up. Maybe there's a running NFT we need to make. Kipchoge's done an NFT. Has he? Yeah, he's been to it. He's minted NFT images of, I think, famous images of him. It's probably like the Breaking Two and, 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 and another race or something. Yeah. But I feel like. When's the big run FT coming? NFT, you know? You heard it here first. <laughs> well, this is something <laughs> interesting. I'd love to explore it because I think, as well, with NFTs, I think coming back to this idea of community, I think they're a great way to foster community as well, to like build a community around something. So for example, like Chasing Change, for example, you could have like an NFT that comes with like perks or something for the community members of like Chasing Change. Yeah, yeah, that makes so sense. So they could have like, they could buy into an NFT or they could buy into a currency or something that helps, I don't know, fund some sort of perk for the yeah. Chasing Change community that's exclusive to them with that NFT. Yeah, that'd be cool. Heard it here first. I don't know much about NFTs, to be fair. Apparently gas gas prices change and like it's all like how to mint them and stuff is, is very complicated. If anyone listening knows, then please... please yeah, I need advice. Come this way. Give please us let shout. us know. Again, people are listening to this like, what is this, a barber po podcast? This is a crypto <laughs> podcast? No, no, no. So normally... A scattered mind. Normally... On the big run night, I wrap up the conversation and I ask two expansive questions oh, to the gosh. guest okay. um, that they can choose to interpret in whatever they, where they wanted, want to. So the first one I normally ask is, what's been your biggest failure as a runner and what has it taught you? Mm, that's deep. Mm -hmm. That's deep, man. Because you could look at it as in like something that maybe... DNFs, but that, I don't think they're failures because they're learning curves. Um, or fail, well, they're, they're, they're all, do you get failures or are they just learning or everything learning? This is what you can interpret whatever if, you way, me, way. Maybe I'm just a positive kind of guy, but if I see like a failure as in an injury or something you've messed up or done wrong, then you're just going to learn. Unless you do it again, then you're an idiot. But if not, it's a learning curve. It's, mm. I think failures are, failures are needed. If you don't fail, you don't learn. Love that. Is that deep? I love that. It's great. <laughs> it's great. It's great. OK, okay second, the last expansive question. Are there any myths out there that you'd like to take this opportunity to debunk when yeah. it comes to running? Knee socks. <laughs> what about them? What are they a myth? Like, they do exist, knee socks. Yeah, do they? <laughs> knee warmers. So when you say knee socks, are we just talking about socks that you pull up over your knees or are you talking about no. like compression, calf sleeve things? Yeah, they're like the looking at, oh, I've got a bad knee, but I'll run anyway, but with a knee sleeve on. Right, okay. Nonsense, right? 
That isn't going to fix the original problem, because it's still there. It's just protected by a thin piece of material. So what you should do is speak to a good physio, get to work on a running foundation, and build a stronger base to prevent it reoccurring in the future. Unless you have medical issues, and I'm very sorry for bringing it up. But yeah, that's my, that's a myth. Yes, I love what that. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> the myth of Nisos. Well, it is, I suppose, it's that myth of like putting a plaster on something and yeah. sort of like muscling yeah. through. You're fixing the current issue, you're not fixing the problem. Mm. We didn't right. talk about uh, sustainability, actually. We should probably tag oh, that yeah. in as well, because yeah, that's, that. that's something that's really, really important to you and you're, uh, you're vegan. I am, yeah. Like, and being environmentally conscious is... Four or five years. Four or five years. What yeah. was the kind of... What switched you onto it? Was there, like, a... I was living in New Zealand. OK. Um, my ex and our really good friends. There's, like, a good group of people mm. that I worked with. They were all vegan. Mm. And I used to be a massive meat eater and was quite, you know, dumb to the... The whole thing I wasn't very open-minded behind it, and, and my friend Bernie was just like, you know, you should give it a crack. So I tried vegetarian, and it lasted about a day, and then I was like, ah, I'm just going to go all the way. And I watched a film called Oakja on Netflix. Uh, Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. That got Oakja, me in the feels. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It hit me all over the place. So and I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go vegan, and then just loads of documentaries, lots of research. I do, I don't like. A lot of people get really deep into it, and but for me, it's, it makes me feel good. It feels like I'm doing something good for the planet, for the animals, mostly for animals for me, and and health. I have actually found it helped my diabetes That's quite a lot. That's interesting, because that was going to be my next question. Like, you, it has improved it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure like how but it definitely has increased, like, improved my, my diabetes. But the, I think it's to do with, I won't even go into it because there'll be a doctor listening and I'll get it wrong. But I think it's to do with... Again, the... this is not medical <laughs> advice. But the, but the thing is, I suppose, yeah. with anything, and you, you touched on that before, is it's, it's so unique to the individual. So this is just your yeah. experience of it. This yeah. isn't you proffering, like, a concrete, hard medical line on No, it. no. When I ran across the UK for the um, with JDRF, I actually raised money for two other charities at the time as well. Um, one called TSA, which is tubeless sclerosis, it's a rare disease, and What's that? What's the disease? Um, it's it's a rare autoimmune disease. Right. And, yeah, it's like causes tumours and learning difficulties. Okay. It's one of my one of my old old friends. His uh, brother had it, so yeah, we raised money for that. Um, and then also, for, I raise money for Surfers Against Sewage, which is, you know, a big part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they're, they're amazing. And so for me, doing what I can for the environment and, you know, like, for instance, when I'm this, this year, I'm going to try and do no flights and just stick with trains, just like little things, mm. just be conscious about it. Um, try and eat healthy, try and eat good. Because you do plugging as well, right? I do, yeah. I did quite a bit of it in lockdown. What's plugging, then, for people who might not be familiar with that Picking phrase? Picking up litter and jogging. Um, I don't know about doing it in London, 
I haven't, I think it is. Maybe I should give it a crack, but in Yorkshire, it was really nice because they were the trails that I was running through lockdown at home a lot. Um, yeah, just go out with a picky stick and those little things and pick up as much as you can just to make it look nice. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it from floating into the seas and the oceans. And, yeah. And just, yeah, take care of these, like, places that you're running through all the time. Like, yeah. Sort of having a... And it's being conscious about it too, like when you when you do run on trails, you try not to, you know, step on areas that you're not meant to or... Yeah. And just close gates behind you. Because I, I feel like littering. I feel like, again, this is me probably being, maybe I'm going to get, I feel a tirade coming on. <laughs> I feel like littering is probably the worst thing. Like, oh. Particularly, like, we're so lucky in this country to have the infrastructure to have, like, recycling and, and waste yeah. disposal and yeah. stuff like that. When I see people, like, throwing stuff out their cars... Oh, I'll just, yell at them. Or just throwing stuff, like, casually just throwing stuff on the floor. It's, like, yeah. it's the worst. It's horrible. It's the worst. Yeah. I remember man. once when I was a kid, we were in Asda Car Park with my, with my mum, and some lads threw out, like, a packet of crisps or something out the window while I was parked in. And my mum... <laughs> You know, only small, goes along, picks it up, lobs it back in this bloke's face. And was just like, what are you doing? And he just had nothing to say. Great. I'm Love hoping that. that stopped it. John Brown. What a legend. Yeah. But I feel, I, I feel like that kind of almost being shocked into being course corrected on, on your behaviour is sometimes just, just necessary to change yeah. that. Because you're right, it's so unnecessary. It's like the laziest thing in the world to just like casually like let something fall out of your hand onto the floor. Yeah. Just when I see people do it, it's like. Oh. Yeah. And there's there's really there's lots of people. Uh, obviously, a lot of people find people that are vegan annoying, but or like as a negative. But it's only positive, really. And a good person to to check out is a guy called Earthling Ed okay. on Instagram. He's he's just so knowledgeable and. It's all fact, and he's so well-educated. Mm. He actually lives near me as well. Oh, OK. Lovely bloke. Um, yeah, it's, it's just good information that I think that if you read it and you take it on board, it might subconsciously help you do something a bit better for your health or for mm. the environment or sustainability. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, that word conscious, I think, is, is really important because it's, it's not necessarily about doing 100% one thing, I think it's just having a level of consciousness in, in terms of all of your choices. Like, yeah. picking something that perhaps is a bit more sustainable or, you know, maybe cooking something that's more plant-based for, for one of your meals or yeah. being, yeah, just being more aware of what you're doing and what, how that Im impacts the, the environment rather than being too strict on yourself, do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah, it's all progress as well. But mm. so even the four or five years I've been before that, there wasn't the options that there were now. Mm. And, yeah, I think there is, there is good progress. See, that dog, what a good dog. I want there to be a sequel episode to this where we have a dog. Oh, like, I can get one. Like a year from now, though, where you found your dog. Yeah. And you're running across Australia. With yeah. your trolley. I want to run, I want to go back to Australia in August, uh, sorry, for Christmas to see my friends and to also go, right, I do want to live here or I don't want to live here. 
and make that as a decision. And, but if I come back going, actually, I, I would like a few more years in London, because I feel like now I've only just started. Obviously, with like the Adidas thing, like my running club, everything is just happening now, and it feels so new. And it'd be silly to leave because there's so many opportunities in London. Because like, how long have you been in London for now? Two years, but not really because of lockdown. Mm. So actually, probably about it feels about three months. But yeah. I feel like I'm getting you just at the beginning of your like epic running journey. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to really leave for, for that. So if I decide to come back to the UK, I'm definitely going to rescue a dog, I think, and just train it to become a running dog. Yeah, I hope. I'll be just known as the running dog man. I just, I, I don't think we should, I don't think we should lose you to Australia just yet. No, no. Feels like this. Yeah, like you say, the seed's just been planted, so... Mm. I'm excited to see what happens, because, like, Mark's been running for seven years, and his career's... He's done so much. And, and, got, and again came to it relatively late, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. really late. He, yeah. he came to it in his... Like, well, not really late, but, like, early 30s, I think. Mm. And... How old are you? I'm 31 now. Right. Yeah, so it is, it's... That's why I want to try all things. Like I'm trying the half marathons now, got a couple of those coming up. I want to try the short ones, try the longer ones, get back into 100Ks, 100 miles, a few days. Mm. I want to do them all. I don't doubt for monster. a second that you, you won't as well. No, no. And like, down the line, down the line, down the line, say for example, like with Chasing Change and, and that community, like, how would you ideally like to see that kind of evolve and grow? Like, it would be nice. I haven't even thought about that, to be fair. I think it'd be nice. It's nice to. I just want friends just to have a good time. And if it helps people progress, I, I like to help people, I guess. And having people come down and go, thank you for that. That was really enjoyable. I'm like, cool, that's made my day. Mm -hmm. So if I, if I can do that, and then maybe. Even, I, I like to get more events, get some long runs involved, mm. get some bigger communities or like different days. It's then accessible for everybody. It's just nice because you can now walk around and I'll see someone and go, oh, that's from the run club. And you say hi to them. It's, it's, that's nice. Like you don't, living in, living from like, moving from Harrogate, North Yorkshire, where everybody says hello to everybody. Moving to London and you say hi to someone they'll think you're mental. It's nice to have like a community vibe mm. in such a big city, even though it is like little villages within one big city, it's, it's nice. Mm. So yeah, maybe just build a big, big old community and just have a good time. Mint some NFTs, get your own crypto. <laughs> <laughs> to the moon, baby. Yeah, to the moon. To the moon, <laughs> amazing. A big thank you to Jonty and I will post links to Chasing Change, the run club that he has on Thursday mornings and to all of his charity and fundraising work. And you can join him on various guided runs and adventures as part of the Adidas running program. And I'll pop a link to that in today's show notes. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you again for joining me for the big run and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.